0: 1 Corinthians 3.16, know ye not, when he asks that question, this is one of ten times, he says this in the book of 1 Corinthians, know ye not. And when he says, know ye not, he is saying you're behaving yourself as if you don't know this. That's what is meant by that. Know you not? And then he makes this staggering claim. This is to every believer without exception. Know you not that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God Dwells in you. He lives in you. Now, if I would come up to the average person and say, "God lives in me," they may look at it in some way. Well, it lives in everybody, you know. In Him, we live and move and have our have our being. Or they would think you're crazy. You're saying that the creator, the God of glory, him who is omnipotent dwells in you, that he actually lives in you. He's on your inside. The one whom the heavens cannot contain dwells in you. Now, if the Lord has saved us and we believe the gospel As the Old Testament temple was the omnipresent God's special dwelling place, He promised His presence there. You are the temple of the living God. That's a staggering claim, and it's true of every believer. You are the temple. Of the living God, the Spirit of God dwells in you, the third person of the Trinity, literally, not figuratively, literally dwells in you. That's hard to get hold of, isn't it? Now, this is the first of ten times Paul says in this epistle, Know ye not? And like I said, when he says, Know ye not, he's saying you're behaving as if you didn't know this. Know ye not a little leaven leavens the whole lump? Do you not know that the saints shall judge the world? This is way infinitely beyond the Supreme Court. Know ye not that you shall judge angels? Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Know ye not that your bodies are the members of Christ. Know ye not that he that is joined to a harlot is one body? Do you not know that they which minister about the holy things live of the things of the temple? Know ye not that they which run in a race run all but one receiveth the prize? And twice, he says, know ye not that you are the temple of God. Just meditate on that. Chew on it. You are the temple of God. This is not figurative language. You really are God's temple. And the spirit of the living God, the one who created the universe, the third person of the blessed trinity resides in your body. And I believe he resides in the new heart in which he has given you. What a staggering claim. And in this passage of scripture, he does not say much about the meaning, but states it as a fact. You are the temple of God. And the infinite, omnipresent, omnipotent, omniscient spirit of the living God dwells in you. He is in you right now. turning back to Romans chapter 8 for just a moment. Verse 9. Paul uh, expounds on this in this first half of Romans chapter 8. He says in verse 9 though, but you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If so be That the Spirit of God dwell in you. That's what he said in 1 Corinthians 3, isn't it? You're not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he's none of his. If God by his Spirit is not dwelling in me, I don't belong to Christ. Now let's look at this uh, first part of Romans chapter 8. It's so important. He says in verse 1, There is therefore now, right now, while I'm speaking, present tense, right now, There is no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Now, here we have the promise of the gospel. There's no condemnation. When I stand before God on judgment day, I'm not going to be condemned. I'm going to be justified. I'm going to enter in, not with my head hanging down but justified, one who has never sinned, one who deserves to be there, knowing the only reason I deserve to be there is because Christ Jesus saved me. It is that simple. There is no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. Now, what does it mean to be in Christ Jesus? I believe the most simple illustration of what it means to be in Christ Jesus is found in the ordinance of baptism. What am I saying when I'm baptized? I'm saying that when Jesus Christ lived, I was in him. And he kept the law. And when he kept the law, I did because I was in him. When you go under the water, you're signifying when Jesus Christ died, I was in him. My sin was put away. My sin was punished. I was in him. When he lived and kept the law, there's my life. There's my righteousness. I was in him. When he died, I was in him. The sins he he was dying for, they were mine, counted his. And I was in him. And when he's raised from the dead, you go under the water, you come back up. It's so simple. You go under the water, you come back up. When I come back up, I say, when he was raised from the dead, I was in him. When he lay in that tomb for three days, dead, what all was going on during that three days, nobody knows. The Lord hadn't seen fit to let us know. But I know this, I was in him. And when he opened his eyes and his Blood started pumping and he started breathing and he was alive. I was in him. And, you know, this is so true that Ephesians chapter 2 verse 6 says we're seated together in the heavenlies in Christ Jesus. Right now, as Jesus Christ is in heaven, I am just as much there as he is because I am in him. Now, this is only known by faith, but it's the truth. I'm in him. There is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. And look how they're described in verse 1. Who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Who walk not according to the flesh, but who walk according to the spirit of God in them. Now understand. When he speaks of walking not after the flesh, but after the spirit, he's not talking about once one day you're walking after the flesh, another day you're walking after the spirit. You kind of go in and out. No, you are either walking after the flesh according to the way a natural man thinks, lost man thinks, believe what he does. You're either walking after the flesh or you're walking after the spirit. The spirit of God who has birthed you into his kingdom. This thing about being born again, isn't it mysterious? Isn't it glorious? God birthed me into his kingdom by his spirit and the spirit of God dwells in me and I walk according to the spirit, not according to the flesh. Now look what he says in verse two, for the law, Don't miss that word law for the law of the spirit of life in Christ. Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. Now consider this use of the word law, the law of the spirit of life in Christ. Jesus. Now, if you're physically alive, uh, You're acting according to the laws of physical life. If you're physically alive, guess what you're doing? You're breathing. You're taking oxygen into your air. It's going into your lungs. The blood picks it up, brings it to the rest of the body. You breathe. Your blood pumps. You have the laws of life going on. And if those things are not going on, you're not alive. Now, in spiritual life, the law, I love the language of this. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. If you're alive physically, there's certain laws you must obey. And if you're alive spiritually, you have the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. This law of spiritual life. It is your nature to believe the gospel. It is your nature to practice continual repentance before God. It's your nature to love God. That's not in your old nature. You don't buy in your old man love God, but in your new man you love him. You love holiness. You love the holiness of God. You, here's an example uh, The Lord declared who a believer is. He said, blessed are the poor in spirit. It's your nature to be poor in spirit, to have nothing but Christ. You can't bring anything into God's presence. It's your nature to mourn over your sin. You hate your sin. And you mourn before God over your sin. It's your nature to be meek before God and to know whatever he does is right. It's your nature to hunger and thirst after righteousness. Purity of heart. That's the new heart he gives. Pure in heart. It's your nature to be merciful. And that's your great desire is to practice a merciful, merciful spirit. To preach the mercy of God. To treat men and women mercifully. Whether they're believers or unbelievers. You want to be a merciful individual oh you're a peacemaker you're, you're not you hate contention and anything that's contrary to the gospel you love the gospel peace that's your nature that's what he's talking about when he's talking about the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus it's your nature going back to being poor that's because you know in and of yourself you're nothing but sin you know that And it's your nature to be poor before God. Now, this is what he's talking about when he's talking about the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. That's just like the law of, if you're breathing, you're alive. If your blood's pumping, you're alive. You're practicing the law of life. Well, this is the law of spiritual life. And that's the language he uses. He says, for the law of the spirit of life In Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. Now, that's an interesting way that God the Holy Spirit uh, inspires Paul to talk about the law. I mean, we love God's law. We delight in the law of God after the inward man. I love the Ten Commandments. I love them. I really do. They're so glorious. But Paul calls the law the law of sin and the law of death. All this holy law that we love. And the only way you can love God's law is if you've kept it. And you don't have to fear it. And in Christ, I've kept the law. I'm a law keeper. I'm not a law breaker. I'm a law keeper. That's what justification is. Now, the law is nothing more than it exposes sin and brings about death, spiritual death, condemnation. Now, how is it that I'm free from the law of sin and death? I'm not under the law. Look back a page to Romans chapter 6, verse 14. For sin shall not have dominion over you. And that word dominion is, a, is it's the word that means lordship. Lordship. Sin shall not have lordship over you, for you are not under the law. That's the only reason. But that's a good reason, isn't it? Sin shall not have lordship over you because you're not under law, you're under grace. Now, when a man is not born again, sin has complete lordship over him. He may not know it. He thinks, oh, I can keep the law, I can be good, I can whatever it might be. And all he demonstrates by that is he's under the complete dominion. And domination of sin. Sin has absolute lordship over him. But when he's given the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, he is no longer under that law. The law's been satisfied. He is under grace. Don't you love being under grace? What a blessed place to be. Back to chapter 8. Verse 3, for what the law, this is talking about the law of sin and death, God's holy law. There's nothing disrespectful being said about God's law. We wouldn't dare do that, but this is the language of the Holy Spirit. For what the law could not do, what could it not do? Couldn't save me. Couldn't sanctify me. What the law could not do, and here's where the problem is, in that it was weak through the flesh. The problem is the flesh. The problem is my natural sinful nature. The law can't do anything for anybody if all they are is in the flesh. It's just a law of sin. All it does is expose sin. You know, if I thought that the law still demanded something out of me, and Christ wasn't enough. I wouldn't love Christ. I wouldn't love God. I'd be resentful. I'd be upset. I, I, I would be thinking he's being too hard on me. I know, I know what I'd be thinking. Law never produces love. But oh. The love that grace. Produces. What the law could not do. And it was weak through the flesh. We were the problem. God sending his own son. In the likeness. Of sinful flesh. He wasn't sinful flesh. He is perfect flesh, perfect obedience. God sending His Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, on account of sin, condemned sin in the flesh. That's what was going on on the cross. Sin, the sins of the elect were being condemned in the flesh. That the righteousness, verse 4, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us. Who walk not after the flesh. Here we have that language again. Fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh. But after the spirit. Now, once again, the law has been fulfilled in me. Through what the Lord Jesus Christ did for me. It's actually fulfilled. Four, verse three. But the person that's in, they walk after the flesh and not after the spirit. Now he's going to expound on that. Verse five, four. They that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the spirit, they mind the things of the Spirit. Now, to be after the flesh is to be the way you were when you were born. To think the way you thought before God saved you. To have the same view that you did before God saved you. You were dead in sins. And if you walk after the flesh, that means you walk and care for what a dead a man dead in sins thinks and cares for. And this is not only speaking of the love of sin. This is... Uh, Which is obviously there, but this is just, this is talking about salvation by works. It's as natural to believe in salvation by works as it is to breathe. For the, they that are after the flesh, what do they do? They mind the things of the flesh. That's what they're concerned about. That's what they, that's the way they think. But they that are after the Spirit, the things of, The Spirit, those who have been born of the Spirit, they mind the things of the Spirit. Uh, They're following their nature. Born of God. What a concept. To as many as received Him, to them gave He the right to become the sons of God, even to them which would believe on His name, which were born, which were birthed which were fathered by God, not of blood, not because your mom and dad were saved, not because of the will of man, because a bunch of men got together to pray for you, not because of the will of the flesh, not because of an act of your will. It's not of him that willeth, nor of him that runneth, but of God, born of God. And that is why he dwells in your heart. They that are after the spirit. They mind the things of the spirit. You look to Christ only. You don't have anything else. You know what that is? That's the mind of the spirit. That's the mind of the spirit of God in you. Verse six, four. To be carnally minded is death. If I live according and if I think according to the way a natural man thinks, you're I'm going to end up. In hell is death. But to be spiritually minded is life. You have spiritual life. You have the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. And you have the peace that comes from what the spiritual man does. He relies only on Jesus Christ. And what peace there is there. To know that all God requires of me I have in Christ Jesus. What peace The joy and the peace of believing. Because, he says in verse 7, the carnal mind, look at uh, is, it's in italics. It was uh, supplied there by the translators. But this tells us the depth of the sinfulness of the natural man. the carnal mind, enmity against God. That's all it is. And the cross is the proof of that. When men were allowed to do what they wanted to do, they nailed the Son of God to a cross. And you and I are involved in that. We were involved in Adam's transgression. When he sinned, we sinned. When they nailed him to the cross, we did. It's enmity against God. And in these next two statements, he talks about the depravity and the inability of the flesh. It's not subject to the law of God. That's total depravity, unable, and um, neither indeed can be. That's the inability of the flesh. And here's the the um, conclusion from all that. So then, verse 8, so then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. If God doesn't give me a new man, if God doesn't. Birth me from above, if I'm not born of the Spirit, if I don't have the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus, if I'm not a new man, I cannot please God under any circumstance. You believe that? Well, it's so because it's what the Bible teaches. Now let's go on reading. But, verse 9, but you were not in the flesh. But in the spirit, if so be that the spirit of God dwell in you. Now, that's flesh. I still have my body. I've got the same body I was born with. Well, I guess maybe all of the cells are going I got new ones or however that works. I don't know the uh, medical stuff, but um, I'm still in this body. But I'm not in the flesh. I'm in the spirit. That's what faith in Christ is. It's in the spirit. That's what love to God is. It's in the spirit. That's what love to the brethren is. It's in the spirit. If God has birthed you into his kingdom. You're not in the flesh. But in the spirit. If so be. That the spirit of God. Dwells in you he lives in you and he's there for good now if any man have not the spirit of christ he's none of his you see everybody that belongs to christ they have the spirit of christ they have god the holy spirit birthing them into the kingdom they're spiritually minded they're not carnally minded they're spiritually minded this is not something you go in and out of if you're a believer you're always spiritually minded You know what that means? You always know that Christ is the only hope you have. That's called being spiritually minded. A carnally minded man, that thought never crosses their mind. They have no understanding of that. Verse 10, Romans chapter 8, And if Christ be in you, if God the Holy Spirit's in you, Christ is in you. Christ in you. The hope of glory. Great is the mystery. Christ in you. The hope of glory. If Christ be in you, the body is dead. That body you're living in. It's dead. Because of sin. But the spirit is life. Because of righteousness. Now obviously this body isn't dead yet. As far as this physical body. But he's talking about that body is still dead in sin. The old man, he's still dead in sins. If Christ be in you, the body's dead because of sin. And this is speaking of that old man. Turn back to Romans chapter 7. Just back one page. Verse 21, I find in a law that when I would do good, Evil is present with me, for I delight in the law of God after the inward man, that new man, the spiritual man. But I see another law in my members, that dead in sin body I have, warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members, O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death. Now that's what he's talking about when he says the body's dead. Same thing here. Who should deliver me from the body of this death? And back to Romans 8. If Christ be in you, the body's dead because of sin, but the spirit is life. The life of God in your soul. The spirit of God dwelling in you. <clears throat> the spirit is life because of Righteousness. You see, you have the very righteousness of Christ. That's why you have all this. You have the righteousness of Christ. But, verse 11, if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead, you know, it was God the Holy Spirit who raised up the Lord Jesus Christ from the dead. If the spirit of him That raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you. He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. You see, one of these days, what is that song, Waiting for My Body, that'll never sin? That's what that's a reference to. We're going to be quickened one of these days. I'm not going to be a sinner in my experience anymore he who raised the Lord from the dead will raise me up verse 12 therefore brethren we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh we're debtors not to this sinful natural man that we have we're not debtors to him we're debt, we're debtors though but not to the flesh to live after the flesh Four, verse 13 if you live after the flesh you shall die but if you through the spirit do mortify the deeds of the body you shall live now if we live after the flesh that means we do not have the spirit of god dwelling in us And we're not walking after the Spirit and we will die and spend eternity in hell, if that's the case. But, he says, if you through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, and that's talking about that sinful body, you shall live. Now, what's that mean? It means two things, both of which are important. Primarily it means put to death being saved by the seat and the deeds of your body. Just put it to death. Mortify it. Give up. It's not going to work. It's wrong. Put that kind of thinking to death. Stab it. And it'll wake up tomorrow. Stab it again. And it'll wake up the day after tomorrow. Stab it again. Put to death any hopes of you being saved by anything you Do Put to death, mortify the deeds of the body. But you know, we have still these deeds of the body. And this is very important. We have these deeds of the body. And I thought of a couple of illustrations. The Lord said on the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 5, Whoso looketh upon a woman, to lust after her in his heart, hath committed adultery already. It's not just as if you committed adultery, you committed adultery. Now, do I say, well, since I did, I might as well go ahead and act on it. No, put that to death. Let's say, you get angry with somebody, and you want to kill them. You ever got to imagine somebody said I can kill them? Of course you have. Well, maybe some people haven't, but uh, I have. <laughs> um, you're so angry, you say, well, uh, according to the Lord, I committed murder by doing that. I committed murder in my heart. <laughs> well, since I committed it, do I go ahead and act to that and kill them? No. No. You put that to death. That's part of what Paul is talking about when he's saying the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit. And I don't believe here he's referring to the Holy Spirit, but that which is born of the spirit. God the Holy Spirit isn't contending with somebody and having a fight, not able to win. This is talking about the new man. Um, uh, the flesh Lusts against the spirit, and you find that in yourself right now. And the spirit lusts, wars against the flesh, and these are contrary one to the the other, so that you cannot do the things that you would. Now, this is life in the spirit. The spirit is in this body of death that is to be fought and stabbed and put to death. Um somebody says, Well, you, you know, if you think it, you might as well do it. No. No, not by any means. As a matter of fact, 1 John chapter 2, 1, I love this. These things write unto you that you sin not. How many different ways are there to take that? You can't ever say, it's God's will for me to sin. Or "I, uh, I committed it in my heart, I might as well go ahead and do it in the flesh. No, these things are written that you sin not. And then John says, when you do, we have an advocate with the Father. Oh, Jesus Christ, the righteous. (laughs) And one of the glorious things about our advocate, I love thinking about this. He doesn't try to get us off the hook and say, I didn't do it and plead innocent. He makes us all plead guilty. And yet he causes every one of us. To be just before the law of God. What an advocate we have. Before the father. Now. If you live after the flesh. You shall die. But if you through the spirit. Do mortify. The deeds of the body. You shall live. For. As many. As are led. By the spirit of God. They are the. sons. Of God. Now, if I have the Spirit of God, if I'm walking according to the Spirit, I'm one of His children. I'm a son. I'm a son of God. Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not. They don't get it. We believe it. We, I suppose, don't get it in a way either. We just believe it because it's like to say that God dwells in you. Who can understand that? You just believe it because it's what the Bible says. The Spirit of God dwells in you. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. Now that is when you're thinking God's going to get me if I don't measure up. He's going to whack me. He's going to bring trouble into my life. I'm going to get sick. I'm going to uh, wreck my car. I'm going to lose everything. My family's going to get busted up. If uh, I don't live the way I should, I'm afraid. That's the spirit of bondage. That's all it is. When I think I'm going to be uh, punished, That's the spirit of bondage. It's not the spirit of love. It's not the spirit of a son. It's the spirit of bondage. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. You know, perfect love casts out fear. That's not talking about our perfect love. That's talking about his perfect love to us. His perfect love to me, to where he can't love me any more than he does, that I'm perfect in his sight, that I'm beautiful in his sight. As he is, so are we in the world. Perfect love cast out this slavish fear of bondage this the fear of a slave the fear of mistrust we have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear but you have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry abba father now i am a son I'm a son because he adopted me to be a son. And I'm a son by birth. Birth into the kingdom of God. The spirit crying, Abba, Father. He's my father. We, we pray our father. He's my father. This is my father's world. We cry, Abba, Father. And I've heard people uh, even say, that means you're saying, Daddy. No, no. But we cry, Father. He's my Father. I'm his son through the Lord Jesus Christ. The Spirit, verse 16, itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. You know when that happens? When I'm hearing the gospel. And I know I'm saved. I believe that message. That's how I'm saved. That's God the Holy Spirit bearing witness to my spirit that I'm his child. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ, whatever Christ has coming, I have coming. If so be that we suffer with him and we did that we may be also glorified together. You oh may the Lord keep this on our heart, think about it, meditate on it because of Christ. You are the temple of God. What a awesome Humbling thing. You are the temple of God, and the Spirit of God dwells in you. Let's pray. Lord, we are so amazed. That by your grace, you've taken residence in us by your spirit. And that by your spirit, we don't walk after the flesh, but after the spirit. Lord, may this be realized in each one of us by your grace. In Christ's name we pray.